Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Angular Air. I am your host, Justin Schwarzenberger. And on today's episode, we are going to be talking more unit testing, less effort. So looking forward to it. Always looking forward to ways that we can uh, make unit testing simpler and easier, yet uh, accomplish the goal. So it should be pretty cool. Looking forward to it. Let's say hi to our panelists, and then we'll meet our guests. Joining us today, we have uh, Mike Brocky with us. Mike, what's going on? Uh, not too much. Been here waiting for the show to get started. And... <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just got here real late. So I'm um, excited about today's show, though. Cool. You guys, Mike barely squeaked in like two seconds before we went live. So don't let him fool you. But at least he's squeaky clean. <laughs> Alyssa's with us. Alyssa, how's it going? Oh, it's so good to be here and super pumped about mysterious guests and mysterious topic. I know I got to change that up. It's like mysterious guests, but now we have this new thing and you could see everybody here so we can see our guests. Right? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Bonnie, Bonnie, how's it going? Hi, it's good. It's good. I'm I'm very happy to uh, to see our mysterious guest, who's an old friend of mine. And uh, so, yeah. So, who is our guest, Justin? Well, I don't know. Let's just get back to normal, Bonnie. Why don't you introduce our guest? <laughs> okay, you guys. This is Lance Finney, who is an awesome human being and super smart and a super experienced trainer for uh, Angular Bootcamp. Lance. Hello, everyone. So, as Hi. Bonnie said, I'm an instructor with Angular Bootcamp. Uh, that's about 10% of my job. Most of my job is being a consultant and contractor with Oasis Digital, doing Angular development at various companies. But uh, yeah, I am probably better known from doing Angular Bootcamp and probably best known for being one of the few people who get to work with Bill Odom on a daily basis. And that in itself is a huge privilege because yeah. we love Bill Odom. Who's yeah. in the chat and he's gonna have, so we'll have lots of comments from the peanut gallery. We're counting on you, Bill. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So our topic today, uh, unit testing, unit testing in Angular, right? Correct. To that. Why do you want to uh, tell us yeah. about that? So yeah, I'll get started. So uh, I'll actually, if you can share my screen, I'll get started with that. So I don't have that view on right now. Do you, can you see what I'm sharing? Yes. All right. A little small, if you can increase the font. Well, this is this is actually just a, an image, uh, just the first oh, slide okay. of a presentation. So I'm not going to talk too much about this, but this is probably something that's familiar to a lot of you. This is a failing test. This is a failing Angular test, and in particular, this is yeah. This in particular, this is a component test that is failing because the component has interesting things in it, but the test itself is just the boilerplate. And this is a situation that one of my uh, clients faced a year ago. She called up because she was an experienced Angular developer with a big application that had a lot of uh, components in it. And she knew how to do Jasmine and Karma. But she got to this point. She started with the default. And she knew there was this test bed thing and some dependency injection. And she just got all these errors. And she didn't know how to fix it. So what I'm going to be talking through today are the steps that I talked her through. So most of 
what I'm presenting is what you would need to do that. And there's a lot of steps. There's a lot of boil, well, not boilerplate, but just a lot of things to do to get an Angular test to work in the way that it seems that we should all do it with the test bed. But the last part is the less effort to point out that in some cases, and probably in the majority of cases, you don't have to do all of that effort. Um, it's good to know how to do it. You need to know how to do it because there are times it's what you need. But if you don't need all of those things, then don't make life harder for yourself. So. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start out with a broken test. And the test is actually going to be part of, or the component is going to be something from the Tour of Heroes. It's going to be the dashboard component from Tour of Heroes. And uh, I'm going, it, when I first started doing this a year ago, there were tests in the Tour of Heroes repository, but they were all just the defaults. And so most of them failed. And that's the situation I'm going to start with. Since then, they've written real tests. So, and I'll show uh, the real test for the dashboard component I'm looking at. But I'm going to start with, I just have the boilerplate, and the test fails, and why? So what I'm going to do is fix it. I'll go through the steps of what you need to do to set up a module within the Angular testing framework within Jasmine. Um, and then after I fix it, I'm going to expand it a little bit to show what that enables for you. Why is this sometimes necessary? What tests do, or what does it enable if we go through all of those things? And then finally, I'm going to simplify. I'm going to show that Yes, those steps are necessary in some cases, but there are a lot of cases where they just aren't. And if you don't need all that extra effort or all those extra capabilities, I'll show a way to make your life a lot easier. So getting down now to the actual code, this is what I'm going to start out with. Well, before I dig in the code, anyone have any questions about what with the approach or what I, where I'm going with this? I have one thing. Um, okay. I just wanted to explain or clarify, and you may get to it later. So if so, just tell me to shut up, and that's cool. Um, that the idea of having a broken test isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's showing you that something you have changed that may or that probably was previously working has changed, and therefore it's letting you know that you have changed some sort of functionality to know that it's changed, and you can go deal with that whether or not you have to remake it work or adjust the test based off of new criteria. So broken tests aren't necessarily a bad thing. I think that's something clear that needs to be stated when talking about testing. It's true. Yeah, a broken test is kind of inevitable whenever we have change. So uh, it yeah, you, it's not something to be ashamed of, but it's something to, to fix, something to help you learn about your production code by writing the test. Uh, in the particular case with the client I mentioned, you know, she had a working application going, and so she had interesting components. And when she tried to bring in the default boilerplate, things were failing for her. And that's also what was happening with the Tour of Heroes team. I'm, my presumption is that they initially created uh, the components within the Tour of Heroes using the CLI, and it created the default specs. And then they just kind of forgot about the specs. And so af as they added things to the components, the tests failed. And so it's not a horrible thing. It's just, all right, now we know where we need to go fix things. So, so with that, what I'm showing here is the test well, and the component. And this dashboard component is not that complicated. I'm going to jump over to another view just so that the people who aren't familiar with this will know what I'm looking at. So the component I'm looking at in particular is a component here in the middle. It has a header of top heroes. It has a few buttons underneath it. And then it has a subcomponent. Uh, 
And that's really all it is. It's a fairly simple component. And looking at the code, the, H, uh, the TypeScript is pretty simple here. Lance, Bill said make it bigger. All right, I can do that. Bill, you're so needy, gosh. <laughs> thank right. you, Lance. You're welcome. Bill, so, said, Bill said please and thank you. Oh, you should you should hear how he asks when when we're in the office together, but that's okay. <laughs> so so here on the right, I have the actual dashboard component, and there's not a whole lot of code here. There's the at component decorator, which tells Angular that this is a component and that has special meaning. There's a constructor where the hero service is passed in, the ng on init lifecycle that calls a function, and then the function that does some RxJS observable stuff, just a tiny bit. There's not much here. And if we look at the HTML, there's not a whole lot there either. So there's, as I showed, the header at the top. There's a for loop to show a bunch of the different buttons, and then the subcomponent at the bottom. So again, not much here, but it is enough that the default test fails. So what I'm showing here left on the left is that test as it's failing right now. And to look at what this test is, just to make sure, because some of the people watching this uh, are probably new to Jasmine tests, what's going on here is I have an, a describe block, which is what gathers all our tests together in a suite. And in this particular case, I put an F at the beginning to focus it, because I only want to run the tests in this one file. Within here, I have a couple before each blocks, which are some sets of code that are run as part of the initialization. So the first one is code that sets up our Angular module. These unit tests have a specific Angular module. We're not reusing the real production module. We have a specific module just for this test that is declaring that this test is going to be working on dashboard component. The second one uses that testbed having set that up to extract the component out fully, fully generated. We use something called a fixture, which is a little test utility that Angular gives us that gives us the ability to get that out of the dependency injection system. But it also, and I'll show this later, gives us the ability to test things on the DOM. We're not going to be testing just what's in the TypeScript. We'll also be able to test what is actually generated in the browser. And so all this before each is setting that up so that we have our component fully generated and ready. And the one test that we have here is in an it block, and it says that it should create, and it expects that the component will have been correctly generated. And that's all it's doing. It's not doing much. It's just saying, hey, let's make sure we can create this component, and that fails. So can now, I, yeah. Uh, can I throw something there? It, Absolutely. It's saying that the Angular pipeline can create this component, right? Because we're using this test fixture that's kind of simulating Angular doing the dependency injection and newing up this component for us. So Thanks. by doing the test fixture, we're kind of saying that Angular can load this component up as expected. Correct. Yeah, we are asking by using this configure testing module and using the test bed, we are asking Angular to create this component as it really would in the browser. So it's not just the TypeScript, it's the combination of the TypeScript and the HTML that compile uh, get compiled together and then it, available for us to use. So we're making sure that the full, every part of it together component is generated and working for us. And it's exposed and given to us through the fixture. So any other questions at this point? No, so why is the test broken? Ah. What a wonderful question. 
So the test is broken for several reasons. And fortunately, Angular is pretty good at telling us what to look for. Not all the time. You will run into other errors that it, it's kind of mysterious. But at least in this particular case, it's giving us some pretty good information. And it's telling us first that it's a template parse error. As I mentioned before, this is combining the, the template, the HTML, and the TypeScript together. And we're actually getting our first problem in the, in the HTML. So this first part here that I have highlighted is where the error is. It tells us what the file is, that it's dashboard component, and it even gives us a nice big like, you know, arrow pointing at where the exact error is. And what it says is it can't bind to the router link since it's not a known property of A. And that's what we have here. On this line, we have the router link. The reason this doesn't work is that at this point, our module that we're using only knows that we have a component. It doesn't know anything else really about Angular. The browser doesn't know about router link until we add the router to it. When we look at uh, when we look at our our production module, we had imported uh, the routing module here indirectly through. Uh, sorry, we added the router indirectly through this routing module, but that is what we had available to us. And that by importing that, that is what made it available for uh, Angular to be able to know about router link and for that to work. So we could do, as our first approach, we could do the exact same thing that the we would do in production, and we could import the router module. And this will get us past that point. But this is not actually what we're supposed to do here. It's not horrible, but it's not as good as it should be. And I think it might have just saved twice and had to rerun. Yeah, we got, that gets us past that error. But we would, shouldn't use the router module itself. The router module is a production time only module. We should use a special utility that the Angular team gave us called the router testing module, which is in a different spot. Uh, and it, the router testing module is basically the same, gives us the same utilities as the router module, but a lot of little hooks that we could use if we wanted to do actual routing in their tests. Now, this little component, we're not going to do anything else with routing. I just need to get it so that Angular knows about the routing module. So I'm not going to do anything else. I'm not going to show its other capabilities. But this is what we should do so that the router link will not cause a problem for our test. And when I have that in there, we get past it. But that's just the first thing. Now we're running into another error. So let me pull up the file. So now it's saying it's still in the template. It's still a template parse error. But now it's saying that app hero search is not a known element. And it gives us a couple possibilities of what's going on here. And both of these are interesting. So the first one, it says, if app hero search is an Angular component, then verify it's part of this module. Well, in this case, it is an Angular component. And again, when we were in the production module, we had a way of dealing with that. So in our real production module, the way that we handled it is that we declared the hero search component and we added it to it, added it to the module. And we can do the same thing in our testing module. We can declare it right there, have to bring it in. And now we will get past that point. And this works well. There's nothing wrong with this, uh, except that I'm having some trouble getting the it to run every single time. Let's try this again. There, now we're to a different error. And I'll come back to this in a bit. And what I have here absolutely works. Uh, but there are a couple other approaches that we can take, one of which is good and one of which is really, really not good. Um, in this case, when there's only the one subcomponent and that subcomponent is really simple like this, there's not really a problem. 
But what if the dashboard component had all of these components? Or what if Hero Search component was itself a container component that had a bunch of components? You, we could end up having to declare pretty much everything in here. You know, I could end up having to declare every single component from my app module in the test file, which works. You know, if you need to bring in the component for the test to work, you can do that. A mistake I made once was thinking that I was clever and thinking, well, the app module already has these things in here. Why don't I just directly import the app module? And then I don't have to do any work. I can save a, like an entire five seconds here by just doing this. And I did this once on a project a few years ago. And for that first test, it seemed fine. But then I added a whole bunch more test conditions. And each time, for every separate it, all of this thing is done. So it was essentially building the app for each it, for each separate, separate set of tests in that file. And then we copied that pattern on a bunch of other files. And after a few months, few years, it ended up that it took 10 minutes to run our test suite. And we, never, we couldn't figure out why, because there was no individual one thing that was slow. What was happening is that most of our tests were bringing in a feature component, not the full app component, but a feature component of a large feature. And it was taking about a third of a second or sorry, about a half a second for each test to run through, we were essentially building half of our app for every tiny little test. So I went through and removed all of those things and did not bring in the production modules and brought in the specific components that I needed and the specific services that I needed to narrow down what had to be loaded each time it was built. And I was able to cut the running time of that suite from 10 minutes to 50 seconds. Oh my so, gosh, wow. So yeah, so I saved five seconds that one time and I cost myself hours. <laughs> so, so do not make that mistake. Um, so that that that's one thing you shouldn't do. But there's something here that is a good option that you could do. So I'm going to remove having declared that, and I'm going to go back to this. And for App Hero Search, it said that there were two possibilities. The second one is if the App Hero Search is a web component, then there's something that we can do. And the trick here is that in production code, we might have components that are not from Angular. They might be from Stencil or React or Vue or whatever. And you need to be able to bring those into your Angular component. And you need to be able to bring them in in a way that Angular knows something about them. If you just try to bring them in by a declaration in an ng module, Angular modules just don't know what to do with the outside components, and so it doesn't work. And so Angular gave us a special thing called custom element schema, which is a special message that you can say, all right, in addition to everything else that you know, um, there's going to be some things that you don't know about. You're going to have some custom elements that are not part of the Angular. So if you run across an element that is declared in here some way that you're not familiar with, just ignore it. It's fine. And so this is a simpler way to do it. Uh, if you actually have things that rely on those subcomponents being built correctly and being generated correctly, this isn't as good because it can hide errors. But it's a much, much simpler way of, of resolving that issue. So now we are past the issues with the template. And now we're into the actual dependency injection on the TypeScript side. Before Any questions before I go into that? Yeah, before you move on from that. So basically, you're saying, and to clarify, since we're unit testing and we're just trying to isolate this particular unit of this particular component, or that is this component, that it's okay to basically say, hey, any of my other dependencies, I'm not worried about testing those. So just trust me, they're there. Don't worry about trying to compile those and just test what I've given you. Exactly. Okay. And there's there's even a heavier hammer here. There's another one called no error schema that you can put in here that will basically say if there's anything at all that comes from the template, just ignore it. And for me, that seems too much that 
you know, that would, if I had had this, I wouldn't need the router testing module in here. But if you're doing anything that actually relies on things being built in the browser correctly, this seems a bridge too far for me. Uh, I like the custom elements. I love no error schema. <laughs> I, and I like just no bugs either. If we if we have any bugs come in from the customers, just don't tell yeah, me. Well, I don't want to know. I don't want to hear about the errors. That's fine, right? Yeah, it, 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 all of these things are acceptable approaches. Um, you know, I well, except for bringing in your production modules directly and importing them, like you know, and and not realizing that that's costing you ten minutes each time you run. That that was a huge mistake. But other than that, all of these are good approaches. They just have different trade offs. I guess I'm confused, our uh, Fezzi, on terminology. So this is unit testing because it. I thought this would be integration testing because it's testing more than just like the TypeScript, right? Like we're we're looking at both the TypeScript and the HTML or the template. Yeah, that's a very interesting question, and I'm going to come back to that at the end. Yeah, it it what the definition of what a unit test means in these Angular components is an interesting thing, and so I'll come back to that. Cool. All right, anything else before I move on to the actual uh, TypeScript dependency injection issues? Rock on, you're doing all great. Right. Thank you. All right, so now we have a different error. And this is an error that probably people have seen in the consoles of their browsers as they've been working in production. It's a static injector error, which is you know, kind of a weird name, but what it means is that dependency injection isn't working. So what does that mean? Uh, so what happens here in our component is we we have our dashboard component and we have a constructor, but there's no place where we ever say new dashboard component. We don't new these up ourselves. By having the component decorator, we are telling Angular that this class is something that Angular needs to take responsibility for generating. It is something that is injectable. So other things can be injected into it through the constructor, but also the dashboard uh, component can be injected into other things. So what happens is when we have something in our system that says there's going to be a dashboard component, Angular says, all right, I need to provide a dashboard component, so I need to run the constructor. And in this constructor, it takes a hero service. And by doing this, we're telling the dependency injection system, give us a hero service, create and give us a hero service. So in order for that to work, it needs to be able to create the hero service. So if I go into the hero service, it needs to generate that for us. And so it says, all right, I need to provide a HTTP client and a messages service. And this HTTP client is the thing that we're running into problems with on the test. We're not able to provide the HTTP client. Now, we didn't run into that problem with the hero service and the message service because both of those used the self-provided injection that came in Angular 6 that basically says, if anyone ever needs one of these things, just generate it and provide it. It's, it's really useful for testing because we don't have to explicitly say this. But HTTP client isn't done that way. HTTP client it needs to be explicitly brought in. And as we did with the router testing module, we can look at what we did in the real module. We brought an HTTP client module. And again, it would work to just bring that in, but again, that's not what we want to do. There's an HTTP client testing module that we would really want to bring in from the testing tools that will provide for our test the ability to know what HTTP client is. That means that the dependency injection system will be able to create the hero service for us and then give that hero service to our component. And so then our component can run in our test. And if I get the test actually running again, it should be green. So 
So now we've resolved our dependency injection because we've told our system, we've told this module that is only used within the context of the test, you need to be able to handle an HTTP client. And so give me the testing fake version of it. And again, I'm not gonna do any of the testing special hooks that it gives us. It's a lot of really useful features for HTTP testing. That's a different presentation. So on one hand, great, we're green but I'm actually not happy with this. For kind of what uh, Alyssa was alluding to, that this is supposed to be a unit test, a unit test for the dashboard component, but I had to add something to my test for a dependency of the hero or of, of the component. You know, dashboard component doesn't know anything about HTTP client, but I had to give my test information about hero services internals in order to get it to work. And I don't like that. Sometimes this is fine, but I prefer to do something else. What I, I want to do... I wanted to say that I don't like that either, so I'm backing you on that. <laughs> uh, thank you. And there are, time, there, there are times that it's fine. But um, overall, in general, uh, if you want to separate what you're testing, uh, it, it, it's you, often a good idea to, to be more explicit. So, so thank you for your support. So what I want to do now instead is I want to provide a hero service. And, but I want to provide a special hero service that I control, that I have all information about it. The first step is to explicitly provide the hero service, which doesn't really bias anything. If we look at the test, we're back to a static injector error about the HTTP client. And this is because we're, at this point, using the real hero service. What we're telling the system is, hey, dependency injection, if you are ever asked to provide a hero service, provide the real one. But I don't want it to provide the real one. I want to provide a fake one. So there's a different syntax here. Instead of this basic syntax for providers, there's another syntax here where I can say, all right, when you're asked to provide a hero service, instead of providing the real hero service, I want you to use a specific value. And I want you to use a value of a spy object that has all the information for me. So this is creating something for me. And so now anytime that the hero service is requested, the dependency injection system is going to create the spy object instead and give it to us. And the test won't exactly work, but we're on our way. We're making progress. So I want to point out, as far as I know, this line here is the only thing that I'm talking about today that is different between Jasmine, Karma, and Jest. Um, I'm not really a Jest person, but I know that a lot of people are interested in it. Jest has a different command here. I don't know what it is. But other than that, as far as I know, everything else I'm going to say is equally true for both uh, Jasmine and Jest. So all right, so I've started down the process of creating my own special little spy hero service, but the test fails. What's happening here is actually it's kind of useful. The, the test again gives us some useful information. It's saying the hero service get heroes is not a function. So why is this happening? So I mentioned that when we use the testbed this way, it combines the template and the TypeScript together, and it's actually compiling and running the entire component together, including the full lifecycle. It is running the ng on init lifecycle hook for us. So that calls get heroes. And in get heroes, it gets the hero service and it tries to call get heroes. But this little spy object that I've created doesn't really have any functions. It doesn't have any behavior. It's just this little empty object. I could put a console log in here and we could see
we could see by running it on in here again that it here it is at the top. I'm going to make that bigger for people like Bill. It's just that surface is just an empty function. It doesn't have all of the other functions in it. So we need to tell it what we want it to know about. We need to tell it about Git Heroes. And so that is this little array that I didn't say anything about. This array is the list of the functions that I want it to mock out for me. So I can put that name in there. And now this is going to be an object that creates, that has a function in it called Git Heroes. So we get a little bit further. And if I again look at it here, we can see it's an object that has a function called Git Heroes. But our test doesn't quite work yet. And the reason it doesn't work is Git Heroes doesn't, we, we haven't told it anything. It doesn't know what it needs to be. So it's just returning an undefined. And you can't subscribe to an undefined. The, the Git Heroes function really returns an observable of a hero array. And it, we're returning undefined, so things aren't working. So at this point, I have to get a little bit more fancy. So I'm going to extract out this, my little mock. I'm going to call it hero service. And now let's look at what I have here. I want to be able to add more behavior to the Git heroes. Now, what is the type of this hero service here? Fortunately, it's an any, which doesn't really give me anything. But fortunately, on the other hand, it's pretty easy to fix because the this get, uh, create spy object function is parameterized. So I just have to put into a generic the type of what I want it to pretend to be. And now, if I look at it, it knows that it's going to be a spy object of hero service. And so it can act exactly like a hero service whenever I need it. And now on here, oh, because I did that, I have IntelliSense. That's really nice. I can say get heroes. When you are called, I want you to return a value. And I have to do some observable stuff here. I'm going to say I want you to return a value that is a little observable that wraps an empty array. So that of is the simplest way to create an observable in RxJS. So now, when I do that through, if the test reruns, I'll force it to rerun by making another change. OK, now we're passing again. And now I'm happy because I have isolated my tests for the dashboard component to only things that are in the dashboard component itself and things that I directly control. So is this where you thought I was going to go with this, Justin? Yep. Excellent. Yep. And so, I do this too, so. Oh, you go first. No, no, you go. Mine's a little detailed, so go ahead. That <laughs> might just, end up in a long discussion. So. <laughs> okay. Here's a shorter, you go first, Alyssa. I just wanted to say or ask, is the spy object only used for like testing, like we we don't use it anywhere else. Correct. Yeah, it it comes from Jasmine. It's a yeah, it's a mock object explicitly for testing to make our life easier. And there are some people who don't like mocks. There uh, once when I was teaching Angular Bootcamp, someone raised his hand and said, "Aren't mock objects an anti-pattern?" And there is some philosophy behind that, but it's something that I use all the time. That was actually perfect setup for what I wanted to bring up. Okay. <laughs> So I wanted to say like, okay, so we're using the Jasmine create spy to make this kind of mock object here, but we could also just create an object literal within that use value and mock out the object that we need to have it do for We can mock out that get heroes method, right? Um, so it's a little simpler, I think a little less code in our test to do that, but you don't have the benefit of like the, the generic of hero service to get kind of that IntelliSense. So maybe we could just talk really quick about like, 
is there a, a mindset of when we want to do the create spy object and take on kind of that other overhead or just create an object little right in place for that use value? Uh, my habit is to use the spy object from Jasmine. Uh, I just It's a tool that I know, it's an API I'm familiar with, and so it's just something I grab off my metaphorical shelf pretty quickly. There are other times that I'll create a little object literal, uh, but that's usually when I need to have something that has some state, some properties in it. But when I want to fake out a function, usually I'll use a uh, spy object. What is your experience? Well, um, how do you make that decision? So usually I'll look at it and I'll go, okay, like use value, like for that line where you have the hero service, I could make just a, an object literal, or I don't know, maybe we could, yeah, pair it, let's do this. So instead of that, just do an object literal right there. So part of the reason, well, let me, part of the reason that I do this is that one of the tests, things that I'll do in tests is to ask if it is actually executed. And that is something that's easier to do when you're spying. I mean, it, if all you're doing is you want to have a function that just provides some basic information, um, then the object literal approach absolutely works. But there, the spy object provides some other benefits that I'll show in a second. Yeah, I was going to say, to clarify, though, um, what Justin's saying, the way that your test or your before each is structured right now makes 100% sense to me because your const of the hero service that you're injecting is only available inside the scope of the before each because it's a const inside that block. Right. So here, let me let me move on to the next step, and I think that might clarify some of the things. So... Um, and if come back to me if I haven't actually answered that question, but I, I think it'll you'll see uh, how this is useful in a moment. Um, so, in the last half hour, twenty minutes, or whatever it's been, I've done a lot of work of getting the spy in here, figuring out what to declare, what schemas, what imports, what to mock out. And the big question is: Is this worth it? And on some level, yeah, it is. I have a green passing test. But um, but why did I have to go through all this? What did that enable? So I'm going to jump now to a different file. I'm going to jump now to what the Angular team actually has their test for this component. And it's going to look pretty similar um, to what I've done, but they have a little bit more in here. And this is something with what uh, Brocky was mentioning. Uh, instead of having the hero service scoped only within the before each, they capture a reference to that and make use of it down here. So this version of it does a little bit different in the setup, almost identical, uh, like the, the declaration, it uses declaration instead of schema, but otherwise the setup is different. But what's really valuable in seeing this is the other tests besides just the, hey, it, was it created at all? And so there are three tests here. One of them is using that spy by, again, having grabbed the reference from the before each so that it is available to me later, um, the service spy and then the, the function spy itself. It has a function down here that says, all right, it should call the hero service. I expect that when this function, will, by the time that the component will be done generating, the hero spy will have been called. And so we can check that the number of calls will have happened. I would do it in a slightly different way than this, but this works. This, um, but And this is something that would not be easy to do necessarily if you had an object literal. Uh, this is a facility from the Jasmine spy. So great, we know for sure that when the component is generated because of ngon in it, we can assert that this function here has been called because the spy has been called. 
These other two are a little bit more interesting. These are testing things that are in the HTML. So I mentioned before a lot about the fixture, and the fixture is the way that we get the component at, to be able to check that it's there. But the other thing the fixture allows us to do is to assert what is actually happening in the browser. So here in this test, we're able to say, I want to make sure that it should displays the phrase top heroes as the headline, this H3 up here. And so we can say, all right, fixture, give me the native element and query on that using the selector H3 and pull the text out of it. And I want to assert that the text in that is top heroes. So that's checking some of the static stuff. It's a really good question of whether it's worth testing this. You know, what are we actually testing here? But that is what we're testing. And then down here, we're saying, all right, I expect this fixture, or I want the fixture to grab the native element and then to select out all of the A tags, all the anchors as an array, and then find out the length of that. And that length should equal four. There was the four buttons at the top of the screen. So by using this, by using the fixture, we are digging into not just the TypeScript, but also the HTML. We are looking at what the browser sees. And this is this goes back to Alyssa's earlier question. Is this really a unit test or is this an integration test? And I think there are good arguments either side. I tend to view not write tests like this very often. Um, I tend to not write in the fixture. A lot of teams, instead of using the fixture to analyze the things that are in the browser, will instead use something like Protractor or Cypress to do those tests. And they will separate those out and have their unit tests be really just testing the, the TypeScript. Uh, but by doing this, by doing this test, but by setting this up and making sure that the router module was there and the subcomponents were handled and all of those things, it gave us the ability to do that. So does that help? So I'm kind of calling back to two different things. Alyssa's question earlier about unit versus uh, uh, integration, and then also what Mike and Shorty were bringing up about using the spy. Does that help explain? I'll use my perspective on those two things. Yes. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So if I go back to here, my first step was fixing it. Whoa, don't want to show that. My second step was expanding. So I went from just making sure everything was green to going to the real test to show these other assertions to show this is why you would want to do all. This is what using the test bed and setting all these things up, this is what it buys you, the ability to do these fixture tests. But now I want to talk about simplifying this. So I'm going to give me a second here to go back to the other test. I don't want to run that file anymore. I want to run my new file. So I'm going to remove the F on one file, and I only have the F in this, uh, in, in the uh, the Angular Teams version of it. So, so this is all you respect, y'all. What, what <laughs> was that? Really all you have to do to run just that test mm -hmm. is add the F. Yep, you put the F at the beginning, and that says focus. So I could put it here at the at a describe level. I could also put it at an uh, uh, IT level. So fit will say I only want to run this one test. You can. The other thing that you have is if you put an X at the beginning, either of the it or the describe, it will exclude that one file. Oh, that's so, so cool. It'll still get compiled, but it won't actually get run. So yeah, nice little feature. So we can see now, all right, it's running these four out of nine specs because I'm only running this one file. But let's say I'm on a team where we don't 
want to do our integration test this way. Let's say we have Protractor or Cypress set up, or we just don't like the way these fixture tests work. And so the only thing that we really would have wanted to have tested in here is this. So the only thing we're really testing is what is in the, the TypeScript code. Now, all of the stuff that we did up here, all of like the first half hour of my talk is kind of overkill. So just so we see where we are right now, running the test this way takes about 0.2 seconds. So keep that number in mind. So earlier I said we were using the fixture for two things. One, to set up things at the beginning to be able to get the component out. And then second, to be able to test things in the DOM. Well, we're not testing things in the DOM now. So the only thing the fixture gives us is getting the component out. Fortunately, that's not the only way you can get something out of uh, out of the testbed. There's also an option to do testbed.get, and you can ask for something. So you can just directly do that. However, and, and if I can do that, then I don't need that fixture there at all. However, this doesn't exactly work um, because this works for things that are provided, not for things that are declared. Well. The way this is right here, I'm only testing things in the HTML. Or sorry, testing things in the TypeScript. I don't care about these things in the HTML. So if, if this approach only works for things that are provided, all right, I'm going to provide my dashboard component. As I mentioned earlier, dashboard component, because it has the component uh, decorator, has all the abilities of an injectable decorator. Things that you provide in the providers, those are just services that are done with the injectable decorator. So you can put components in here just as well. There's no reason not to. Now, we're not declaring it anymore, so we're not going to compile the component. So I can get rid of that. But I'm also not doing anything with the HTML anymore, so I can get rid of that. And I can really get rid of the dec declarations. So I can get rid of a lot of code here by saying, I'm not using that fixture for anything, so let's treat the component as though it were a service by providing it in my provider list and then just using the testbed to get it out. And now let's see if this works. And it doesn't, at least not quite yet. What The reason this doesn't work, we're saying it should call hero service, expected it to have been called, and it wasn't. The reason it doesn't quite work yet is that that other approach that I used with the compile components and doing all of that stuff together was automatically doing the full component lifecycle for us, and we've lost that. Services don't have lifecycles done on them like components do. So we're not getting the ng on init automatically called for us like it was before, but there's no reason we can't just call it by ourselves. So now I've added this one line of code, but by doing that and moving the dashboard into providers and getting my component differently, I removed about six lines of code to add one. And I think that's worth it. And even better, that cut the running time of the test by half. It went from 0.205 seconds to 0.106 seconds. So if you are not testing things with the fixture, there's no reason to, in my opinion, to go through the extra effort of setting up your component to require them. Treat your components like their services if you're testing the TypeScript code like that. But we can go further. So what is the testbed giving us? By doing all of this stuff, what the testbed is giving us is dependency injection. 
So it is providing to us this hero service. It is creating the hero service and handing it to our component for us. But this hero service is something that we are manually creating ourselves. So it's the dependency injection system isn't actually doing anything for us. It's just this intermediary that we're giving our service to so that the service, uh, so that the dependency injection system can give the service to us. In some cases like this, where we're not injecting something that we truly need the dependency injection system for, like you know, if we were truly injecting activated route and we really needed to set up the router, that'd be different. But in a situation like this, where everything that's being injected is something that we manually control, we don't even need to think about this component as though it were a service. We can think of this component just as a class with a constructor. So I can call this now and just directly pass in the hero service and get rid of all of the testbed and dependency injection things and just do it directly and manually. And the test still passes. And now it takes 0.04 seconds, 20% of the time of the original running test. I went through, I recently joined a project a few months ago and between uh, using modules that were unnecessary and always using the declarations for components and stuff like that, um, the test bed that they had, the test suite, took about two minutes. And I went through and made these changes and changed all the tests that I could to do stuff like this when possible. And now instead of taking two minutes, it takes six seconds. And that was worth my time. So that is why I say uh, more testing, less effort, because I was able to cut out maybe a dozen lines of code and cut out 80% of the execution time for this one test. It's the best ending ever. I love it. Thank uh, you. Can you go back to that code real quick? Sure. Because then we'll reinforce this other uh, Jasmine scenario, the, the um, create spy scenario, because the other benefit here is that for using the create spy object is that you can new up that dashboard component and hand it your mock hero service, and it's not going to complain because it's going to understand that it's of that type hero service, right? If we did an object literal there, it's going to complain that it's not of a hero service instance, right? Yeah. Well, in this particular case, it is seeing that the hero service is an any, and so that is why it's going in because I'm using the other code. This version didn't actually include the generics, but if we want it to be right, we can put the generic on there and we're importing it. And now, uh, let me, I'll just do this as a const because we're not using it outside of there. Now, the type of this is a Jasmine uh, spy object of hero service and that, and the, the TypeScript system and Jasmine knows that basically everything that would define a hero service fits the definition for this Jasmine spy of a hero service with the duck typing. It's close enough so you can directly pass that in to the uh, constructor like this and it works fine. And that would not work in the other case that you said of uh, creating an object literal because, uh, well, unless you created everything like, well, it, yeah, it, it would be more difficult to set this up. The, the spy object uh, manages all the typing for you to make it work seamlessly. I really love this journey because it's, it's a great illustration of how we can simplify these tests to really focus on our test should be about what we want to test and the minimal viable product that we need to, to bootstrap that to get it to test it, right? We want to eliminate all these other things because our components and, and services, they change over time and managing that test 
over the months and years that we do stuff becomes very difficult because you do stuff like in the example of having the whole, the whole template thing in there and the router module, right. In order to be mm -hmm. able to bring in for that router link, say we add another thing in there, um, to our component, right. These unit tests would have to be curated and fixed because they would need that other module. Right. But the unit tests don't care about testing that. So now we've eliminated that. Now the component can go on growing. These tests can stay working and, and yeah, simplifies that a lot. So that's why I think the biggest challenges is, is, caring for your unit test over time and the difficulty and complexity that arises out of that. So it's, it's a good focus to, to minimize that because it's going to help you a, you know, manage those tests over time, but B, be continue to be excited about writing tests. Right. Which is the biggest challenge right. of, man, I don't want to deal with these tests. Right. So. It, yeah. Well, like the first version of this that I brought over when I was looking at what the Angular team did. You know, they brought in the the subcomponent. And what if that subcomponent, someone added a new dependency or a, a no, new subcomponent to that? This a dashboard component test would have to change because of something in a completely different component. Yeah, they're not isolated at all. So exactly what you're saying. By by focusing in on this, by using these techniques to treat your component as though it's a service, if possible. Not always possible, but if possible, or, or going even further and treating it as just a class with a constructor, you can really remove all of those dependencies. But again, as I said, if you are really using, uh, if you're testing something that uses the view child, or you're testing something that uses the actual DOM and uses the fixture to assert things, then you have to do all those other things. Uh, one thing that I would recommend, if you have a component where you want to have one or two tests that looks at the fixture, but then you have 15 tests that don't, separate those tests out, have those with different before eaches, and have the before each that does all of the extra build stuff only run for the ones that need it. Because if you, the, the habit, uh, the instinct can be, well, just put them all in one file, but then you'll be doing a lot of buildup stuff for all of these other its that don't need it. And so each time you run through, you could be like wasting half a second as you're building things up or whatever the time is. So you might want to have separate before each groupings, some of them to do stuff to the template and to know about subcomponents and all those things. And the other ones that are really just focused on your TypeScript, treat it just like TypeScript. Very cool. Yeah. So when I teach uh, unit testing and, and test development type stuff, that's one thing that I try and uh, deliver is the concept that we got to kind of break away. We're not building an app here, right? And as engineers, we start thinking developers, we go, oh, well, how do, can I optimize this? How can I share code? How can I do these things? And in the unit testing, we need to think about those in individual isolated cases. So each test should have its own little setup, should have its own little run, so that then they, they operate independently, testing something independently, and they can uh, be managed and curated independently. Mm -hmm. And it's a hard thing for us to separate our mind, at least I find myself to separate that as, as a developer of, okay, don't do those developer instincts of an app, right? You got to think in, in the world of, of testing. Yep. So uh, I did have one last slide that I wanted to show the resources, and I think Shorty might be sharing this another way. If you want to see these steps that I walk through of building it up and then simplifying it, I have a repo out on GitHub for that. And then also, uh, as of right now, at least as far as I know, when you you can create the default spec when you create a component at the beginning, uh, like it'll be generated there, but there's not a way at, with the CLI directly to create a spec after the fact. I mean, it's not that hard to create one and copy paste, but 
um, you can't do it directly with the CLI. And this is a schematic that you can use to generate the boilerplate default spec off a already existing component. So if you are like my client was last year and you have your application out there and you don't have any tests, you can run this schematic to create the default tests for you in place and then you can build from there. And that's nice. all I have. Yeah, well, uh, I'll add those links to the, um, yeah. to the description for the. That was pretty amazing. That was like perfect timing. We have just enough time left for picks. Yeah. It's like you planned it this way, Lance. I do what I can. <laughs> Pro. Yeah, that's great. That was great. All right, well, let's do some picks and then we'll call it an episode. Who has okay. picks? I know Lance has picks, but as a guest, we call on you last. So you get to wrap it all up for us. So let's go through the panelists first. All right, raise your hand, quick. Abani. Uh, first of all, my pick is uh, this popcorn that my daughter just brought me because she's amazing. Oh, Samantha. Samantha. Yes, and also uh, I'm having FOMO on uh, uh, NGDE. Everybody's descending on Berlin today and uh, uh, all our friends are there and we're not there. So I just wanted to say hello to, um, to uh, NGDE. Nice, nice. All right, who else? Mike? I'll unmute myself so that I can uh, tell you my picks. I have two. Uh, one is the Stencil Roadmap was uh, just released. Uh, so Stencil team is announcing what they're bringing uh, through the rest of the year, uh, especially in the fall. Uh, and also for the CLI version 8.3, I think is when it landed, there's a new ng-new template and it looks phenomenal. Mm -hmm. So credit to the team and everybody that worked on that to make that look awesome. Very nice, very nice. Melissa, do you have any picks today? I do, mine is a party game. It is called One Night Werewolf um, and it's, uh, it's really fun. I mean, me and my family are addicted to playing it anytime we have get togethers and it's like a card game that um, it kind of integrates with an app on your phone. And it's one of those, I don't know if you've ever played where like you all close your eyes and then different roles wake up. Um, and they do their their actions and then everybody wakes up and you try to like ferret out who the werewolf is um, before the werewolves kill you. So it's <laughs> it's a blast. Definitely suggest it in, as the holidays start rolling around. So, yeah. Nice. Nice. All right. I've got one pick. Uh, and my pick is an article by Victor Savkin on the Narwhal blog that talks about testing in Angular. It's a little older post, but it's still super relevant. It walks through talking about the concepts of isolated test, um, shallow test, and um, integration test, and kind of the con and it, real similar to what we went through here today in terms of that what you do at each level and how you kind of put terminology to it and think about what you're testing and stuff like that. So um, I'll throw that in the description as well. So those are my that's my pick. Lance, let's get to your. Sounds good. Uh, my non-technical pick is a game that we discovered recently that has been out for a while. It's called Legendary. It's a deck building game built around the Marvel franchise. My kids won it at a competition at uh, at the library. So like a sub pick is public libraries. They're awesome. But if you like deck building game, or it's a cooperative deck building game to defeat the bad guys in the Marvel world. So if you like the Marvel universe and my kids do now, um, and you like uh, games like Dominion or uh, Hogwarts uh, Battle, you'll love this game. Uh, it's been out for a few years, but it's new to us. Uh, for technical picks, they're really less picks and more plugs. Uh, 
Bill Odom, who I know is in the chat, and two of my other coworkers, Paul Spears and John Bauer, are going to be giving a workshop on PWAs at Angular Connect. So if you are planning to go to Angular Connect and want to learn about PWAs, go learn from my coworkers. Uh, additionally, if you're in the St. Louis area, there are two opportunities coming up to learn about Angular. One is on September 28th, the local uh, GDG, um, uh, Google Developer Group, is going to do the St. Louis DevFest, and they have teamed with uh, Oasis Digital. So we are providing an Angular track, so a full day of Angular content as part of that uh, uh, as part of that conference. And then the last one is another chance in St. Louis to learn about Angular. Uh, there's a DevUp conference called DevUp in the middle of October. And Corey Ryland, who's another instructor with ABC and a GDE, he and I will be doing a one-day workshop of a really quick boot camp for Angular uh, to help you learn. So if you're in the St. Louis area and you want to learn about Angular, come to DevUp. Give Corey Ryland big hugs for us and tell him that we love him and he's amazing. I will. And tell him that we're still waiting for him to have some time to come on the show. So we would love to have him. If you want. Right? I will tell him that too. Give, give him a little nudge. We right, demand yeah. his presence. Awesome. All right. Well, hey, Lance, thanks a ton for sharing your time, coming on the episode and sharing this content. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm glad to share. All right. That's a wrap. Catch everyone next time. See ya. <laughs> Bye.